the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The very fact that there was a church there in Corinth was proof that he was an apostle. The very fact that people had received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior was, as a result of his message, was proof that God's Holy Spirit had ministered through him and brought spiritual life where there was spiritual death, and people had come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and the Lord had started a church there, and Paul was the instrument of that church establishment. It is the Apostle Paul we're focusing in on today as we continue our journey through 1 Corinthians. As we do so, we do with a look at the Apostle Paul and the need to establish who he was for the church's sake as he wrote this letter. Join us for study verse by verse from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. Here's our teacher and pastor Leighton Sheely with today's program. Paul wrote this letter to give guidance to Christians on how to live in the midst of a godless society. Now, in our earlier messages on the series, we were reminded that there has never been a perfect church. There has never been a perfect church leader. That is, except Jesus Christ, who is the head of his church. There's never been a perfect church, and the church of Corinth was no exception. And the letter to the Corinthians was written by Paul to address the problems that were in this church. It reads, Paul, to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, when we look at this book, we call it a book, and the Bible is really a book of books. There's 66 books. There's 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Some of those were not originally considered books. They were considered letters. They were considered epistles. And this was originally considered a letter by Paul to the church at Corinth. Now, when I receive a letter, the first thing I do is not read it, but look at the last page, because I want to see who signed it. I want to see who it's from, because if I know who it's from, then I'll have some idea of how to receive the letter. And uh, sometimes, if I know the person well, when I read the letter that's from them, I can actually hear their voice in my head as though they were reading the letter aloud. And so I always want to know who it's from. Well, the Greeks and Romans were a little bit more efficient in formatting their letters because rather than placing the sender's name at the end of the letter, as is the modern custom, uh, they would put the names of the senders at the beginning of their letters. And in a joint letter, the names of others that were involved in either preparing or sending the message were also given as well. And then after the name of the sender came the name of the addressee, which might be a person or group of people. And then after that, a word of greeting or blessing was given as well. Now, Paul always gave his name at the beginning of his letters and and frequently named other church leaders who were involved to one degree or another in writing or preparing or sending that letter. For instance, in this letter of 1 Corinthians, he mentions Sosthenes. And in 2 Corinthians, he mentions Timothy. Now, we talked about Sosthenes in weeks previous, and I wanted to make sure that we all understand that we are not 100% certain that the Sosthenes that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is the Sosthenes that's mentioned in Acts chapter 18, but there's a very good possibility, if not probability, that they are indeed one and the same. 
The point is, however, and this point is true, that some people that today are enemies of the church and enemies of Jesus Christ might be people that tomorrow we call brother. Now, Paul generally referred to himself as an apostle, and, and, he, and he did this not for the purpose of identity, that is to distinguish this Paul from another Paul that happened to be in the church at Corinth. In fact, the church at Corinth at this time was really very small. Some people estimate 50 to 60. It may have been as large as 100. And if there was another Paul in that assembly, in all probability, they wouldn't have to read very far in this letter, and, and they would know which Paul was writing it. So it wasn't uh, for the purpose of distinguishing himself from another Paul, nor was it for the purpose of self-glory. In fact, we know that that's probably the farthest thing from Paul's intent because he writes in chapter 15, verse 9, that he is the least of the apostles whom is not even fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And so he doesn't use the title for the purposes of self-edification or self-glory. However, it is important when one is going to speak to establish authority on a subject. For instance, if there was a conference of, uh, of medical people, for instance, and somebody wanted to speak at the conference, they would call the central office, and the central office would probably say, well, what does you want to talk about, and what are your credentials? What, what kind of education do you have? What kind of experience do you have? What kind of background do you have? And if you don't have any credentials, then in all probability you're not going to get a chance to speak, and if you do speak, you're not going to have very many people who listen to you because you don't have the credentials, and therefore people don't know how serious to take you. Now, Paul was giving his credentials. Uh, this is something you need to listen to because this is serious. I'm speaking as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he was an apostle of Jesus Christ, not by his own appointment or by a church's appointment, but by the will of God. So he wanted to be clear at the beginning that what he was about to say was done so with God's authority. Now, if you have the King James Version, you'll notice that there are a couple of words in the verse here that are in italics, the words to be. Now, if the words in, in the King James Version are found in italics, that means that they're not actually there in the original language, in the case of Greek in the New Testament. They're not actually there, that uh, some editor put them in for whatever purposes he might have. So it should read, Paul called an apostle, not Paul called to be an apostle. Like someday he's going to be an apostle, but uh, that's something yet to be. It's Paul presently called an apostle. Now, there were a number of reasons why Paul needed to assert his credentials as the apostle. First off, he was not numbered among the twelve. Now, twelve was a really significant number to the culture of that day. When Jesus called his disciples, who were later called his apostles, he called twelve of them. Twelve was a significant number. And then we know that Judas betrayed him, and Judas went out and hung himself after the crucifixion of Christ. And as a result, there was only eleven of the original 12. And when the apostles got together, as recorded for us in Acts chapter 1, Peter stood up and said, listen, there's supposed to be 12 of us. There's only 11 of us because Judas has gone out and hanged himself. So we need to appoint somebody to fill that 12th spot. And they chose Matthias by lot. Now, some scholars have suggested that perhaps it was not God's intention to choose Matthias at all, that that 12th spot of the apostles was really assigned to Paul and that uh, he was supposed to be the 12th apostle. In any event, Paul was not numbered among the original 12. And so people might have a tendency to think, Paul, why, why do you call yourself an apostle? Because you're not numbered among the 12 apostles. And Paul needed to establish, I am an apostle. Well, what was the credentials or requirements for being an apostle? Well, first off, the person had to have personally seen the post-resurrection Jesus Christ. 
And secondly, that person had to have been commissioned by Jesus Christ for the work of an apostle. Those were the two requirements for being an apostle. And Paul met both of those requirements on the road to Damascus, recorded for us in the book of Acts. And so he was an apostle by the will of God. Another reason why he needed to establish his credentials was that his apostleship was constantly under attack from the false teachers and the Judaizers that had slipped into the church when Paul had slipped out of the church to take care of ministry elsewhere. And you know, there's an old axiom, you tell a lie often enough and people will believe it. And we have ample evidence that that's true even today. And so these false teachers would come into the church and they would continuously undermine the credibility of Paul's credentials as an apostle. They say, oh, you don't need to listen to him. He's, he's not really an apostle. He's not among one of the 12. Um, you know, he's just a, he's an old man. He's very opinionated. And, you know, it, it, you, just, you don't need to listen to him. And so he needed to establish, no, I, I'm not just an old man with lots of opinions. I have been called by the will of God to be an apostle. Another reason that he needed to establish his credibility was because it wasn't only the false teachers that were questioning whether or not he was a believer and a leader and apostle, but Corinth was one of the major hubs of commerce in the Roman Empire. And so people were coming from all corners of the Roman Empire through Corinth for various business. Uh, and, and no doubt some of those people came from Jerusalem, and no doubt some of those people were believers. And when they got to Corinth, they were told that, this guy named Paul was an apostle, and he was a leader in the church. And some of those people didn't know about Paul's transformation, and all they knew about was Saul, who had persecuted the church. And so you can imagine some of these Christians coming, well-meaning Christians coming into the church of Corinth and finding out fellow believers and coming in and hearing about Paul and saying, Paul, he, he's not an apostle. He's, he's not even a church leader. He's not even a believer. He's the guy that's around persecuting the church. And so because they didn't have accurate information, they didn't have current information, no doubt there were people who, you know, wondered, Paul, a believer, a leader, an apostle? Not possible. Now, another reason why he needed to establish his credentials is because of the special relationship that he had with the church himself. He was just about to write a very confrontational letter to them. So he needed to establish his relationship as the apostle to that church. And in fact, he references it in chapter 9, verse 2. He talks about the church being the seal or the proof of his apostleship. The very fact that there was a church there in Corinth was proof that he was an apostle. The very fact that people had received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior was, as a result of his message, was proof that God's Holy Spirit had ministered through him and brought spiritual life where there was spiritual death, and people had come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and the Lord had started a church there, and Paul was the instrument of that church establishment. So the very fact that there was a church in existence was evidence that he was indeed an apostle. And then also... He had to establish his apostleship because he needed to make sure that they understood that he had a very special relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. You see, he was an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And, and so what he was saying is that I have become a delegate, chosen by God, a delegate on behalf of Jesus Christ. I am an ambassador, and my message to you is God's message to you. And that's tied up with this name apostle, apostolos, in the original language. When the Jewish Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, was asked to arbitrate some kind of a dispute, they would get together, they would look at the facts, they would make a decision, and they would carefully choose someone 
Someone who was known for their wisdom, someone who was known for their communication skills, someone who was known for their even temperament. There was a lot of qualifications because this person, this one person was going to go on behalf of the Sanhedrin and represent the Sanhedrin. And they needed to be able to communicate clearly and concisely, uh, listen to any responses and understand the intention of the Sanhedrin so that they could respond to any questions with the original intent of the Sanhedrin. And so the person that the Sanhedrin sent on their behalf was called an apostle, an apostolos. And so it was a title that the believers at that time were very familiar with. And, and what Paul was saying is, I'm an apostle, but I'm not an apostle of the Sanhedrin. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. So it was more than being just a messenger boy. It was being an emissary. It was being an envoy. It was being an ambassador. And that is exactly what you and I are today, as we'll go on to see next week here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we continue our journey through 1 Corinthians. To reach out to us, we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. We have a place there that you can email us. We also have other contact information if you would like to know more about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, or this radio broadcast, Study Verse by Verse, with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely. Highlands.us. Thank you for joining us. Have a marvelous weekend, and we'll see you back here Monday for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 